great song. Thank the Lord for that. Well, this morning, the devil's main tool, the devil's main tool. You say, preacher, what's that? You ready? Discouragement. You ever been discouraged before? Hmm? All right. You're discouraging me by not answering. We get discouraged sometimes, and I think that's one of the devil's main tools. Let's ask the Lord to help us now. Father, I pray help us be honest with ourselves and honest with you. Lord, and help us today to climb up out of this discouragement sometimes we get into. Help us stay clear of it. Lord, help us to understand that's a tool of the devil. So, Father, help us this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, how many times we say it, we live in a very wicked world today, don't we? I caught a little bit of what the president said, and I'll tell you what, I have absolutely zero respect. When he talked about the the Pride Month and how much proud he's so proud of the the Bible says an abomination and uh, I'll be honest with you I could and I think many of us could get to this place because of that kind of garbage be discouraged but my faith is not in a Biden my faith is in God he can say all the malarkey that he says malarkey about My God, whatever he says is true. God's given us something in the word of God here this morning that I think it can help all of us to keep from getting discouraged in our lives. Probably one of the greatest valleys that God's people go through is that valley of discouragement. And what we found here in the, in the few verses we read here, we find here that uh, Israel was uh, still wandering in the wilderness. And uh, it was a difficult time for them there, but also this, that as we read there, that started out being some problem there, but Israel made a vow to God. Did you notice in verse number two, and Israel vowed a vow unto the Lord and said, if thou wilt indeed deliver this people into my hand, then I will utterly destroy their cities. And the Lord hearkened to the voice of Israel. You know, I'm so glad that God hears us when we pray. Israel got to a place where it was really tough. And there were some being taken captive. We read in verse number 1. And the people had uh, called upon God and asked him to help them. And God answered their prayers. We read in verse 3 there and delivered the Canaanites. And they utterly destroyed them and their cities. And then the Bible says and they called the name of that place Hormah. And that place Hormah, you see what happened? God had given them a victory. They call the place Hormon. The place that that name Hormon means this. It means devoted. I think what it was what that was happening. What was happening here was that they had seen God's hand work. That they said we're devoted to the Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you something. That's who we're to be devoted to today. Devoted to the Lord. I don't know what may happen in our nation. I don't know what some of these crazy lawmakers will end up doing in our nation here today. But I'll tell you this. I'm not devoted to the Republicans or Democrats. I'm devoted unto the Lord Jesus Christ. And so what happens, God gave them a victory. And I don't know about you, but I like victory. 
You know, I, I, don't, I don't have any real when – it, when it comes to baseball, I'm always a Cubs fan because my grandpa made me one. All right? He said, you love the Cubs and hate the White Sox. But I'll tell you what, I could watch a ball game, and I will pick one team. And you know the team I pick, what I want them to do? Win. And I want to have the victory. If it's a basketball game, if it's – and I ain't got enough patience to sit around and watch soccer, amen – I mean, people run back and forth and back and forth doing nothing but running back and forth and back and forth. But I, I, I'll, watch, I'll watch a sports. I mean, the, the, the Belmont Stakes ran yesterday. Now, I don't, I don't bet on horses. My wife does, but I don't. And uh, we don't, I don't believe in betting. I believe it's wrong to gamble. Amen. But uh, I just, I mean, when you put one horse against another horse, I'm going to root for one horse. And, and, and you know, that they, they, they ran, I just, I just caught a little bit at the end of it there, of the, the, what it was, they were putting the horses in the gates, and all of a sudden they let them out. And you know what I find myself doing? Rooting for one of those horses. I was rooting for them to win. You say, did your horse win? Not the one I was rooting for, but you know what I was happy about? The one who came in first place won. And I'm going to call it my horse, all right? But the thing is, I like victory, don't you? I mean, if I'm playing a game, and I don't play games anymore, you heard me on that, because I cheat and I get in trouble for cheating. Well, you say, preacher, why would you cheat in Monopoly? Why would you cheat in, uh, what was that game we played that time? Huh? Racco. I, I, I stacked the deck so I'd win. And my wife came back to the table, and here what happened, I gave her my pile instead of her pile, and she won. And then I wore the cards all over me in the room. And, uh, but I, I, you say, what do you want? I like victory. I'm telling you what, if you like losing, you're a loser. I like victory. I like to have the victory. But sometimes we don't always get victory. Sometimes we lose. I played sports in school. We didn't win every game. Sometimes we lost, but we were never happy about losing. We liked the victory. He said, well, preacher, you know, what's that have to do with anything? Let me tell you something. There's a song that's Ileana's favorite song, isn't it? Victory in Jesus. You ask her, what's your favorite song? Victory in Jesus. And she starts singing. You don't have to ask her to sing it. Just ask her what's the favorite song. She starts singing it. Now, some of her words don't sound like real words. But you go through that song. You know, I'm glad for the victory that there is in Jesus. I mean, there's always victory in him. And yet what happens, sometimes we get discouraged. The Bible tells us here these people, God had blessed them in a mighty way. And, and, and they said, God, we make a vow to you that, Lord, would you give us a victory? And the Lord hearkened to their voice and gave them a victory. And and, and then what happens, we find in the very next verse, verse number 4, when the Bible says, And he journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to compass the land of Edom, and the soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way. They went from being devoted unto the Lord to being discouraged. Well, I'll tell you what, we can really point our finger at these folks, but does that happen to you and I? Where one moment we're on top. And the next minute, we're discouraged. It happens to us. And I believe the devil just giggles and giggles every time we get discouraged. You say, but preacher, it's hard. Of course it is. But you know what? Even when the times of discouragement come, if you'll open your eyes, you'll stop and realize that God's still blessing and even in those times. 
Now, I may mention the children of Israel were still wandering. They were still wandering in the wilderness. And yet God was blessing them while they were wandering. God was meeting every need that they had. You think about it, God's presence was there. We, we have the New Testament that tells us that he will never leave us or forsake us. Believe that, don't you? What happened? God showed Israel the same thing. What happens? There was the pillar of cloud by, by, by day and the pillar of fire by night. It was God saying, hey, hey, Israel, I, I know you're here. You're wandering in this woods, but I am here with you. The very place where God showed his presence was the very place that these folks were discouraged. God was there. Ladies and gentlemen, God is with us, too. He said, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. You said, well, if I just had a pillar of fire at night and a pillar of cloud during the day, I'd be all right. Let me tell you something. He gave us something better than that. He gave us, I believe, I could say two things even. He's given us his word. and He gave us the Holy Spirit. This within us. The presence of God was always there for them. But isn't it something how discouragement can just slip in on us, huh? Everything will be fine, and then all of a sudden something comes along and we get discouraged. And I believe discouragement is possibly, oh, I say probably, the greatest personal enemy of God's children today. Sad to say, but preachers and missionaries quit sometimes. You know what the number one reason is? Discouraged. Discouragement. Not only that, but there's church members quit too because they get discouraged. Not only that, soul winners quit because they get discouraged. I'll be honest with you, every time I go soul winning, I want to see somebody get saved. It doesn't happen. I go thinking, I've got the greatest news that these people need to hear. I've got exactly what they need. It's almost like they could care less. And you know what happens sometimes? I go with the right attitude, and then all of a sudden I start getting discouraged. And discouragement will say, why go? Because God said go. I've got to find encouragement, you see. Now, we need to face it. Discouragement will come our way. There's many different reasons, or I could say this, what causes it there is for discouragement. Sometimes it's because the battle gets hard. That's what had happened here, I believe. People, we, fed, we read there in verse number one that, that, uh, that they fought against Israel. It took some of them prisoners. And so what some of the people were taken, excuse me, taken prisoner and had been fought against. And, 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 and sometimes those battles get hard and, 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 it, and it's difficult for us. Some of you sitting here this morning, if you think about it, you're going through some difficult times. Not everything is always going the way you want it to go. And it comes difficult and the battle is there in your life. But understand that even in the time of the battle, even in the time when the, when the battles get hard, that God still gives victory even when the battles come in our life. When we're wandering around in that discouragement, God's saying, hey, lift up your eyes and see what I'm doing. I'm taking care of you. God was with Israel even when they were having difficult times. And they prayed and asked God, help us, God. And God did. When the battles get hard, 
yet God was giving the victory. Sometimes the cause is when the way gets long. The Bible said in verse number four, and they journeyed. It makes me think of a long time. Have you ever been on a long journey before? You know, I think driving, driving out to see my mom and dad always seemed like such a long journey. You know what the longest part was? Ohio. Any of you from Ohio? All right, good. I don't like Ohio. Ohio is the most boring place in all the world. Now, I don't know. You have relatives there. I'm sure they're good people, but they live in a boring place. You get to Ohio, and it's flatland, and it's, you get on, on, what's it, 80, going out through the toll road? Uh, and, and you get out there on 80, and you go across, and all you see is flatlands. There's no beautiful mountains. I mean, it's just flatlands. So I, I remember, remember Titus saying about it, uh, about it, they went through Ohio that one time going out to the college. You guys took that way to Ohio. He said, we're never going to do that again. You know, sometimes, sometimes the, the way gets long, doesn't it? And we would be there, you know, and, and the kids would get in the car, you know, when they were younger, they go, where are we at, Dad? So we just got in Ohio. Oh, good. We just have Indiana to come to next, and we'll be at Grammy's house. No, we've got to go 15,000 miles through Ohio. <laughs> and we, we, would, we would just drive, drive, and after a couple hours, they go, Dad, where are we at? We're still in Ohio. Sometimes the, the journey gets long. I look back at our ages. Us, us three stooges working on the sign the other day were comparing our ages, weren't we? You won. Yeah. He was the oldest geezer there. Uh, we were the younger geezers. But you know what? When we've been around a long time, it's been a long journey. But even as the journey gets long, we don't have to go into being discouraged. The fact of the matter is, the longer we're in this journey, the closer we are home. Well, I thought there'd be more amens about heaven. Unless you don't know you're going to heaven. The way gets long. The journey oftentimes is difficult. Go with me to keep your place here in Numbers 20, 21. Go with me to Numbers chapter number 32. It won't be hard to find, just a few pages. Numbers chapter 32 and verse number 7. And the Bible says, And wherefore discourage ye the heart of the children of Israel from going over into the land which the Lord hath given them? Thus did your fathers when I, went, when I sent them from Kadesh Barnea to see the land. For when they went up unto the valley of Eskel and saw the land, they discouraged the heart of the children of Israel that they should not go into the land which the Lord had given them. Listen, God had given them the land. They were supposed to go in. Remember the, remember the, the 12 spies went in. Ten of them said, Man, no, it looks too bad. They were discouraged. And because of the discouragement, they didn't enter into that promised land. I'm thinking, you know what it was? They journeyed. They journeyed, and the journey was difficult, and it looked, it looked, it looked tough. It looked hard. And you know, sometimes we may get tired in the way, but let me say this. Never get tired in, of the way. You can get tired in the way, but not of the way. What I mean by this, there's no better life than the Christian life. 
You know, I just don't understand people sometimes, maybe this, maybe if they never really got saved, but people say, you know, people trying to live the Christian life is really hard. But when you're saved, you have somebody help you. I'm telling you what, I believe the, the, the Christian life is the best way. I'm glad I'm saved, amen. I know, I know you know, we're, we're out of place in this whole world. This world's not my home, I'm just passing through. I tell you what, I wouldn't, want, I wouldn't want to live on this earth here any other way than to be a Christian. You say, man, I'm telling you what, everybody's against Christians. Any, anybody speaks up against the things that's happening in our world today, right away you've got a phobia, you have hate, or you're a racist, and all those other things they want to call you there because you believe the word of God. I'm telling you what, I have to say that sometimes in the way it's difficult, but I'm not tired of the way. I want to still stand up, stand up for Jesus. Amen. I want to keep marching on as a soldier for Christ. I don't want to get to that place of discouragement. I want to be encouraged even while I go through a difficult time. Some of the causes is when our hearts become complaining and bitter. What did they do in verse number 5, back to the chapter number 21? It said there, and the people spake. You know, it's like, how in the world can this happen? And the people spake against God and against Moses. What did they say? Wherefore, ye have brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there's no bread, neither is any water in our soul roll at this light bread. <laughs> they were complaining about what God had given to them. They didn't notice the blessings what happens here? They begin to get bitter and complaining. And they, just, they thought, you know, we just should have died in Egypt. In Egypt, they were slaves. They were in captivity. They didn't even see how the God had blessed them. I'll tell you what. Backslidden Christian is the one that becomes bitter. Begins to complain about the Lord. God is good all the time. In the wilderness, God was good. He said, but those people in the wilderness wandering around, God was taking care of them. God had just protected them from the Egyptians that were coming after them, and they're in there. Yes, they disobeyed, and they should have been discouraged the fact that they didn't go into the promised land, but even while they were wandering around, God was there. God gave them food to eat and water to drink, didn't he? Their shoes didn't wear out. God took care of them. But to complain. Another cause is when our spiritual sight becomes dimmed and blurred. People didn't even notice the blessings that God was giving them. I, I can testify of this. It's difficult when things get blurred. My cataract, you'd probably be glad when I get it done because you're tired of me complaining about it. Amen, dear, huh? I drive down the road, I see a sign. I don't know what it says. I know somebody right now, if you see me coming, you have real faith. I can tell if it's another vehicle or if it's a buggy or, you know, a bicycle or something like that. But I'm telling you, I walked, I was down, went downstairs, uh, and, and I was, I was, I, I, Okay, I came out of the bathroom, and uh, I, I looked out where all the kids are in the, in, the, in the room up there, down there, and I looked, and I saw a bunch of people, but I couldn't see who they were. I heard a few all. And the rest of you didn't say anything, did you? I just, I, my, my, it's blurry. 
I look at something, I, you know, I, I mean, uh, uh, praise the Lord, the 28th, I'm going to be able to see 2020. You better behave yourselves after that. I'll see you. I'll see you before you fall asleep. I'll see it. But you know, it's hard when things are hard, when, it, when your eyesight's dim. I look and I try to see something. We're sitting on the front porch this morning. What a beautiful morning. We were sitting on the front porch, me and my wife, and, and we just, just listen. She said, listen, how quiet it is. I said, if you'll be quiet, I'll be quieter. She got up and left, but, uh, and it was quieter then. <laughs> no, we, we did, I didn't say that. It went through my mind, but I didn't. But uh, we, we, we were saying, just listen to the birds. Uh, how beautiful, how beautiful it was. But I, I looked up in the trees in my front yard. All of it just looks like a big clump of green. Can't see real good right now. It's going to be better, though, here real soon. But you know what? That's the way we come spiritually sometimes. How frustrating it is not to be able to see clearly. You know, I've got bifocals. And I look above. I look down from the bottom. I look at the top, and it's still not any better. I look over top. It's not any better. It just don't get any better. But you know what? I still know this, that, you know, my God's good no matter what I can see. Sometimes what we need to do is just go get the old cataracts of sin off our eyes so that we might see clearly the blessings of God. Amen. The blessings of God. We don't need to lose sight of what God's been doing for us. It's tough when our sight becomes dim and blurred, when our hearts become ungrateful. What do they do? They loathe this light bread. You know, be thankful for what you have. You know, there's people in this world today would love to have what we throw away. Honestly. And we grumble and gripe, God, why? God? And God says, look, I'm taking care of you. I've got your know, water to drink. You know, everybody's saying, man, we need some rain. You know, maybe we'd straighten up. God would pour some rain out for us. But I know this. Every time I go over to my spigot, I turn that spigot on. There, water comes out of it. God takes care, doesn't he? He sure does. We need to make sure to be grateful for what God's done for us. And what did God do? God gave them this light bread that they, they were complaining about. You know what, what it was called? It was called angel's food. I like angel food cake. Don't you? I mean, like a mouthful of nothing, but it's good. Right? It's like eating cotton candy in a way, you know. You just pump it in your mouth and it disappears, but all oh, the calories are wonderful. But, and, and the tooth decay, amen? Praise the Lord for it all. But, but I, I, you, you think about it. It's called angel food. You said, what, what, how, do, how do you know that? Well, I'm glad you asked because I'm going to give you a scripture verse on it there. The Bible says in Psalm 78, verse 25, man did eat angels' food. He sent them meat to the full. They had angel food cake. You say it only said angel food. Oh, well, I just, it's, it's deeper in the Hebrew is the word cake, I'm sure. God was good to him, wasn't he? Yet they didn't see it. They were discouraged because of the, the way that they were in, the journey that they were on. Discouragement, what is it? One thing is, it's sin. Oh, man, that ought to make us stop and think for a moment. Our discouragement is sin. We look at it and say, well, that's just the way we are. I know we all sin. There's none righteous, no, not one. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But discouragement is sin. But not only is it sin, I believe it's this. It's infectious. 
You catch it. I got up here this morning and I said, ladies and gentlemen, I think this is the end. There's nothing good going to happen. We might as well just lay down and die. And you know what? There'd be a whole lot of people going, oh, I didn't realize it was that bad, preacher. Let's just, okay, move over. I'm going to lay down and die. You can catch it. Remember how people all, they were social distancing? They're still doing it in the White House. If you didn't get your jab, you got a social distance to wear a mask. Now, I'm not for masks, but I believe this. It sure helped a lot of people look better. <laughs> you cover that face up, it looks better, amen? But what happens, you know, it's infectious. What, what's that mean there? That means that, you get, that, that our discouragement will be in, infecting other people with discouragement. If you got someone in the center, they just sneezing, and they walk up to you, and they don't cover their face and, or their mouth, and they're standing right in front of you, and they just achoo right in your face. Are you happy about it? You go, man, no, no, I don't want to catch that cold. I don't want to catch that discouragement either. You see, you say, well, it really don't matter. I'm just, it's just the way I am. If we would get to a place and say, God, help me not to be discouraged because I know that will affect other people with discouragement. So it's sin, it's infectious, but also this, it's curable. Aren't you glad for a cure? Amen. I mean, I, I had asthma for years. At first, I didn't know what it was. I just felt the allergies, but I couldn't breathe. I felt like I lived on a plastic bag. Finally, the doctor found out that I had asthma. Oh, man, I'm telling you what. I, always, I, I could not go anywhere without one of those sprays, you know. I'd walk up the steps and take a spray. I remember one time I was up the road here. I was hunting, and I, all of a sudden I was hunting turkeys, and, my, and, and I had an attack. I couldn't breathe. I laid down on the ground. I put my arms out like that to see if I could stretch my lungs to get air in them. It was horrible. I remember one day out sewing, I'm, I'm on this new, new spray. Motor will open it up, and, and uh, Rex, Rex Sr. said to me, he says, you know, Pastor, he said, that stuff's not good for you to take. And then I think, Andy, I think you told me that too. I think it was you that said about it. You know, that's not too good for you to take as much as you do. And I, I was always pumping it in. And then I thought, well, you know, maybe I'll quit taking so much. And so I started getting off of it. And my doctor said, well, if you, you know, if you can, you know what? I don't have asthma anymore. You say, why not? I think the Lord healed me of it. God took it away. Thank the Lord. Amen. Now, I got cataracts. But, uh, I'm going to take that away, too, before that, that they get in there with the scalpel and they start cutting me open. But you know what? It's curable. I'm glad our discouragement is, is curable. That, in other words, you could be here this morning and say, Preacher, I'm discouraged, but you don't have to leave discouraged. Our problem is where we're trying to find our encouragement. It's where we're trying to find. You know, if your encouragement is in that sports team, there will be some days you'll be encouraged and sometimes you'll be discouraged. Because they all don't win all the time. If your encouragement is by the weather... You'll be discouraged a lot of time. And there'll be some times you'll be encouraged. You'll not find encouragement in circumstances because circumstances always change, don't they? You go home today, we've got a roast in the crock pot. 
I know this, when we go home, we're going to walk in that house and I'm going to smell pot roast or roast. And we'll go up there, I'll go get changed. My wife, she'll go have some stuff. And then, you know what will happen? By just a few minutes, there'll be mashed potatoes and gravy and, 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 and roast right down there and some tea to be able to drink. And I'm telling you what, I am so excited about it right now. I'm not even going to preach the rest of this message. We could come walking up to the house and I'd say, honey, I don't smell the roast. We open the door. She goes, I don't either. And she looks and the power went off this morning. And we get home and we've got a cold pot roast in the pot. Raw meat. You say, what are you going to be then? Discouraged. So we can be discouraged. We can be encouraged. One minute as I'm driving there, boy, I can't wait. I'm really hungry. She says, I am too. We're driving down the road. I can't wait, boy. Oh, that's going to taste so good. I know it will. And then get there and be discouraged the next moment. That's the way life is sometimes. If our encouragement is because of circumstances. So we can't find it in circumstances. We can't find it in human reasoning. Human reasoning says, I've got the answers, and, 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 and yet the human reasoning is, is so flawed, that won't do it. And we'll not find it in this one. Self-pity. Nobody likes me. Everybody hates me. I'm just going to eat some worms. Remember that little song we used to sing when we were kids? Dead ones, fat ones, little ones, big ones. You know, we, we laugh at that, but you know, that's the way sometimes we are. Come on. Y'all looking like angels, but I see those horns holding the halo up. <laughs> Discouragement. We begin to pity ourselves and say, man, I just, oh, no, that's not what we need. So where do we find the encouragement? Let me tell you where we find the encouragement, and we'll go home and have that roast. We find the encouragement in the Lord. In the Lord. Not in the White House. Not in Congress. Not, not, not in our sports team, not in the weather. Our encouragement is found in the Lord. The Bible says in, 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 in 1 Samuel 30, verse 6, And David was greatly distressed. For the people spake of stoning him. Boy, he had a reason to be discouraged. Because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. But, here it is, but David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Do you have the Lord as your Savior? Uh, I mean, about 14 of you do, all right? You have the Lord as your Savior? All right, you can encourage yourself in the Lord. So, preacher, if the weather, what if all of a sudden it gets cold out there again? You can still encourage yourself in the Lord. Preacher, what if a problem comes in my life? I can encourage myself in the Lord. David found that out. Listen to this in Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 18. It says, yet will I rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. You want to have something to say, well, what do we have to be happy about? How about that you've been saved? You could be on your way to hell right now. But preacher, you know, things are really bad. Yes, they're really bad, but it's really good for the Christian because the Bible says these things will happen just before he comes again. Any moment he could be coming. That trumpet sound, and we put a big old hole in the ozone layer, amen, and rise on out of here. We just say to everybody else, go ahead, have everything you want to, have your fun because you've got a little bit of time, and then it's going to be bad. 
Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. We rejoice in the Lord in his presence. Hebrews 13.5 where he said I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. We can rejoice because he's there. We can find encouragement in his power. Romans 8.31, what shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Hebrews 13.6, so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. We find encouragement in his purpose. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Romans 8.28, we know and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. We find encouragement in his protection. 2 Corinthians 1.10, who delivered us from so great a death and doth deliver, in whom we trust that he will yet deliver us. We find encouragement in his promises. Thank the Lord he always keeps his promises. Uh, Deuteronomy 1.21, behold the Lord thy God has set the land before thee. Go up and possess it as the Lord God of thy fathers hath said unto thee. Fear not, neither be discouraged. We can find encouragement in Bible preaching. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 13, 22, and I beseech you, brethren, suffer the word of exhortation, for I have written a letter unto you in few words. Well, thank the Lord we can get the preaching of the word of God. You know this, when you come to Heritage Baptist Church, you're always going to have preaching. You know, I'm not against cantatas, but I don't think a cantata ought to take the place of the preaching. I'm not against, he had a missionary one time. One time he came and he never come again. He said this, he came and he had this long video. Or it, was back, it was back so long ago, it was a little square slides. Remember those? Showed it and showed it and showed it. He got up there, he's supposed to preach then. He goes, well, you know, we took a lot of time on that, so I won't really bring a message. I just want to say a few things. Uh-uh, that's not happening around here. You forget your stupid slides and preach the word of God then. You know, if it's either or, we're taking the preaching. But I believe this, that's, that's what I like about most of the missionaries. They only have like a three, four, five-minute little video there. That's fine. And then they spend the rest of the time preaching. Thank the Lord for it. We can find encouragement there. We can find encouragement in church. Hebrews 10.25, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as a manner of some is, but exhorting one another. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. You know, uh, I find encouragement by going to church. I'll be honest with you. My encouragement rises as the morning goes on. My wife and I get here. I'm encouraged because she's with me. <laughs> that, that's encouragement when you're, when you're like me, that someone stayed with you this long. But, it encouragement, but you know what? My encouragement begins to rise. Because then I look and I see a little white car coming down the road. And then I see a silver one coming in. And then I see a different one come in. And I watch as all the different ones come in, the little kids, boys and girls will stamp the top of the steps. Good morning. They go, morning, preacher. You know what I get? I get encouraged by being in church. I was encouraged before everybody got here because it just came. And if you were the last one here, I was encouraged by you too. I was a little worried for a while, but I'm encouraged now. You know, I thank the Lord. Thank the Lord for church. I don't understand why people don't want to be in church. I don't understand why people want to miss church. I don't understand that at all. Why? Because there's encouragement there. In a world that is full of discouragement, you got a church. And you got church folks. That's where you can find encouragement too. We can use the same verse, Hebrews 10.25, where it said there, the last part, but exhorting one another. You know, you folks 
encourage me, we encourage each other. Uh, the visitors that came came with you all this la- the last week there, those dear ladies who came, you know it was it was evident they enjoyed the service, and especially uh, uh, what was her name, uh, An- Annie. Yes, Annie. Annie, her head was just shaking up and down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You say you say what did that do for you? Encouraged me. And I got a feeling everybody else that saw her head going up and down and was encouraged too. Isn't it neat when folks come to church and they're in, they like what's being preached? It's encouragement to you. I think, you know, God's people are encouragement. Walking around, shaking hands with everybody. Hey, how you doing? Oh, it's hot out there. It's warm out there. Oh, we don't need someone. Just us talking small talk. What an encouragement. And then to get in here and we sang the songs that Seth led us in this morning. Wasn't that encouraging? Encouragement of church. You can find encouragement in your pastor. Maybe the next one you will. You can find encouragement from the pastor to get you to try to continue. Deuteronomy 3.28, but charge Joshua and encourage him and strengthen him, for he shall go over before his people, and he shall cause them to inherit the land which thou shalt see. What you'll do, he encourage you to do what's right. That's why I'm preaching the word of God, encourage you to have encouragement so you might continue on for the Lord. But not only that, will the preacher do that, but he'll also contend. Jude, Jude, uh, there's only one chapter, verse number three. It says, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. What's the preacher to do? He's to try to urge you to contend for the faith. Try to cheer you up and cheer you on. Also to conform. Let me, let me look back here to Titus. If you want to, you can turn to it. If you just listen to it, time to get back there. I'll, I'll already be there probably. But the Bible says in the book of Titus, chapter number 2, in verse number 11, it says here, it says, for the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of that great God and our Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. Now listen to this. These things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority, let no man despise thee. You know what God uses? He uses the word of the man of God to preach to you on how we're to conform to the word of God, not to the world. You know, I believe there's a visual encouragement in church. Amen? Yeah. Like I was saying, saying about that lady, it's encouraging to watch her head go up and down. Can I tell you something? It's encouraging to people behind you if your head goes up and down. And I don't mean like this. I mean, some folks sitting back there thinking, man, look how godly they are. They just fall asleep a lot. But just shake your head. Do you know what's an encouragement? When people hear you say amen. I've, I've had visitors come in and you hear, you know, they come into church and go, well, amen. You know what that is? Encouraging. You go, man, they really liked it. And, you know, or, or sometimes people will complain and say, well, you know, they were a little bit loud. You know what I want to say? I didn't hear a peep out of you. 
Amen. I've never been to a ball game where everybody sat there like a bum on a log. We ought to go to church. We ought to shake our head. We ought to say amen. We ought to be with it. You know what that does? It encourages others. You, you, think, you think someone sat at home this week and watched the news and everybody in the room was going, well, amen. Well, praise the Lord. Just wants me to sing about Jesus. But you come to church, you'll find that. When Seth says, hey, let's sing this. And he said that one song. He said, let's sing that little, when he, that one little song, one, one verse there. I'm thinking, well, please, do, do it more than once. Do it more than once. And then he said, let's sing it a cappella. And we all sing and listen to God's people. You know what that was? Encouragement. Encouragement. There's the visual encouragement and there's the vocal encouragement. But exhort one another daily, Hebrews 3.13, while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. You know, it, again, the song service, you singing, you sitting there just looking around at everybody like, well, oh, whoa, they got a new tie on today. Well, she got a new dress. And what happened to her hair? <laughs> well, he's thinning out up there too. And I don't mean his belly. I mean top of his head. <laughs> Wouldn't be something if we just got that, grabbed that hymnal and we got out there and we just belted it out. You know, I just don't have a real good voice. I know we've heard it. But the Bible said, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. I, I, I just, think about it. Church sounds good. Church sounds good. It's encouraging to see the people. It's encouraging to see the visitors. It's encouraging to hear the fellowship and the testimony. This morning you had me worried. This morning, I, I told Gary out there, I was out there, we're waiting, you know, it was, I mean, all of you folks in the choir, you were up there like five minutes before time to start. I, I couldn't believe you did that. I don't know if you had refreshments up there or what, but they were up there so quick this morning, and I'm still watching my clock, I'm waiting, you know, I'm going to start too early in case folks are still coming, and, and, and I'm listening, and I told Gary, I said, they're quiet in there. And you know how it was, too. I walked past uh, uh, Andy there, I think I said to you, too. I said, hey, everyone, you know, what? let's liven up or something like that. You know, what? Everybody's so quiet. I don't like it when you're quiet, unless I'm preaching. And then say amen once in a while. I like when I come into church and it's a loud group. Now, don't just, when I come in, don't just start going, la, 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 la. everybody, hey, how you doing over there? Hey! Bill, I said, how's it doing back there in the back? Yeah, okay. <laughs> Sorry to wake you up, Bill. I, his head's nodding. But, uh, you know, I'm not talking about noise. Like, Aren't we a crazy bunch of people? <laughs> Amen. But you know what? We have a good time coming to church. We're going to go out there. That world's all a mess. I know some of you right now saying, yeah, you're a mess too. I'd rather be a mess for Jesus than a mess from this old world. The encouragement of just the sound in church, the music being played, the songs that are sung, the offertory, the amens. Ladies and gentlemen, the truth of the matter is there's a lot to be encouraged about. A lot. But watch out. 
Because I believe the devil's main tool is this, to get us discouraged. And I've been trying to do what's right. Just keep on trying. Preacher, you don't know. The news that I get from the doctor, all the news comes sometimes bad. But encourage yourself in the Lord like David did. Understand this. When you've got to go to the doctor, you have the great physician with you. That's what helped me so much with my doctor for my surgery. When he said, there'll be somebody else in there with us. All oh, the peace that brings me. How can I be discouraged knowing the Lord is with me? Oh, he's with us all the time, isn't he? I don't know about you. Maybe you didn't need this message, but I need it. Because I get discouraged sometimes. I know how the devil just kind of puts that thing right in there and tries to discourage us. And I think this, I think, you know, that's something we all battle with from time to time, some more than others. I don't think the biggest thing in the local church is the biggest sin is drinking. Although I'm against drinking. Alcohol, amen. I don't think the biggest sin in the churches today is adultery. Although I'm saying it's sin. I think probably the biggest sin in the churches today is discouragement. But we just get discouraged and we want to throw everything out and say, well, I might as well just give up and quit. How many people have quit because they got discouraged? You say, preacher, it's not a big deal. You don't need to preach about it. I get discouraged. Let me tell you this. Discouragement will take you to a place you don't want to go. It will take you away. It's the devil's main tool. Let me say this, though, as I close. If you're not saved, I'll be honest with you, you have every reason in the world to be discouraged. Because all you have is hell to look forward to. Can I encourage you today, if you're not saved, to trust Christ, your Savior, and you can walk out of here encouraged. To know I have a home in heaven. (laughs) Can you imagine? No sin up there, amen? Hear them kids singing? That gives me encouragement. Amen. You know what that also tells me? Hurry up, preacher, we're hungry. (laughs) That's exactly what I'm talking about. And if you're not saved, you have a reason to be discouraged. Come today and trust Christ as your Savior. And you'll find an encouragement like you've never known before. And Christian, this morning, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's come in your life that discourages you. But encourage yourself in the Lord. You have them if you're saved. Encourage yourself in the Lord. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you again for this time this morning. Thank you for the word of God. Lord, we're, we're mindful of the tool that Satan uses on us. Now help us since we know what he does. May we then stay away from that. May we find the encouragement that we need not in this world, but in you. Lord, thank you for church. Thank you for God's people and how we can encourage each other. So, Father, just bless what's been said here today. And, Father, save the one without Christ. With our heads bowed, our eyes closed this morning, I wonder if there'd be anyone here who'd say, Preacher, if I died right now, I don't know I'd go to heaven, but I'd like to know that. Pray for me. 
Would you slip your hand up, anyone, this morning? Preacher, I'm not sure of salvation. I don't know if I died, I'd go to heaven, but I'd like to know that. Preacher, pray for me. Would you slip your hand up, anyone, this morning? I don't know, preacher. Christian, this morning, you say, preacher, I know that I'm saved. I know that I'm saved, but I've got so many problems, but you have a, such a great God, too. Israel had some problems, sure, but God took care of them, and then all of a sudden they lost sight of the blessings Stop for a moment in this invitation and do like that song. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. You'd be surprised what the Lord's done. You really would. Father, bless the invitation now. I pray your will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.